Welcome to our bonus episode, as promised. You guys were so great about all of our first five episodes of season one, so we wanted to toss a little bonus at you with some more info on us, answer some questions that we got from our very active listeners, (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know, give give you a little something in the meantime before we launch season two. We know you missed us last week. So, giving you a little something. <laughs> Your Tuesdays are not the same. We understand. <laughs> um, so, with that, we got a couple questions regarding, since we ask our guests a lot about kind of their horrible boss stories, if they have any horrible boss stories about work environment, uh, we wanted to kind of talk a little bit more about that from our perspective yeah, and, and experience. There's a reason that we ask every single guess that question and it's because most times in this industry people do encounter that it's a very common thing so we're going to turn this a little bit on ourselves and we're going to answer I have a spotlight over Madeline right now (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna yeah turn our own question on ourselves a little bit and um you know just kind of answer the question what do you do when you're in a work environment that is making you feel bad or like is making your life difficult or Or not even a specific boss or maybe a specific person yeah and like yeah if there's somebody who's in the power position that you know might you might not be figuring out your way to get along with them or feel you know like you're not delivering for them or whatever or also just other colleagues in the environment can be an interesting dynamic um so anyway we're talking around the question. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like if it's about a specific person, if it's your direct boss or if it's a colleague you have to work with a lot and you're having a lot of difficulty, it, it comes down to the fact that we are just all human beings. Yes. You know, who yes, also yeah. have a lot of like shit yeah, outside like, of work. Yes, that's you're affecting in a, them. You're in a work environment and that is maybe making things more heightened and more pressurized. But end of the I'm day drinking coffee, by the way, not yes. mimosas, sadly. Yes, we're drinking coffee. Um end of the day, it's like you have to figure out how to interact with these people as you do in any situation. Just like a so, human level first and yes. foremost, and not everyone per- comes to participate in the human level. And and I think, you know, I've definitely had experiences where um, I wouldn't say I've had any like horrible power position people in my mm-hmm. world, but I've definitely had people that I don't necessarily know how to create our dynamic. That mm. is, they feel like they know what I do and, and what I'm bringing to the table. And I feel like I know what they do and what they're bringing to the table and figuring out our like structural way of working together that makes everyone feel like success is happening or a project that we've all agreed we're going to do is being delivered on the way it should and is Mm -hmm. getting the results that maybe like the power position people feel they need. And I think that's something that is always, you know, interesting because I'm like, no, 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 I'm over here. I'm doing my job. Yeah. But like, how do I make sure that you understand what that is? And also how do you, how does everybody almost feel special? I feel like the underlying thing is everybody wants to feel like I'm valued and Mm -hmm. I'm contributing and Mm -hmm. I'm necessary and I'm not going to get like shoved out. Right. So how does, how do you create an environment where everybody feels like I have this special thing that nobody else has that I'm bringing Yes, I and think I that's think so when important. people start to feel threatened, that is when dynamics can go wrong. You know? Yes, I feel like I have had situations where I've had colleagues where I'm like, don't like the vibe of they feel like I am threatening them, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, don't worry about it. Like I'm not gonna step on your toes. Yeah. Like, I would love to work together. This is, I'm just not the type of person who likes to feel like there is competition. Me neither. I like either. to feel like everybody's got like something to bring to the table. But. Yeah, and I think it's like really hard to, when you're, whether you're in a new environment or you've been in an environment for a long time and maybe some sort of like shift happened kind mm-hmm. of above you, you know, with the higher level people that you report to, it's 
hard to figure that out and then yeah. and make yourself stand out and make yourself seem valuable. Yeah. And and then I think it goes back to, you know, for women speaking up about how the value that they bring to the table. And I think that that's making that sometimes known. I've, you know, in terms of power positions, I think I've just had to figure out how to deal with that. And every situation is different. And sometimes the boss can be way more responsive to that and helping to mm-hmm. like make that journey um, easier or um, be more communicative about yeah. like how to best showcase that. And sometimes they're like, I don't care. Like you figure it out, them. you figure it out. And so I think like, yeah, I, don't, I would say I'm trying to think if I've had anything that like really stands out as being. Well, I have, I have one specific story. Names will not be named, but I had one instance of a truly bad boss mm. and it didn't last that long thankfully but um I can imagine for other people who are stuck in full-time jobs with really bad bosses like my number one piece of advice if that is you is find a way to quit as fast as possible because working for somebody who either puts you down or makes you feel like you're never gonna be good enough or your work's never gonna be good enough or Whatever it is, and usually that comes from, I think, their own insecurity and their totally. own self-doubt, and they kind of project that out on anybody who is around them. But I think the number one thing for me from that experience of having a boss who was like that, yeah. who I think actually did like me, I think this was just the way this person operated, operated in mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are people who do not handle stress and pressure very well at no, all. And, and this if, business is full of it, obviously. This business is full of it. And if you're working for somebody who can't, who can't just be like, we're not saving lives. Like, we're not doctors. We work in TV. It's fine. We can yeah. figure out a solution. If you're working for somebody who cannot do that and is just going to take every little thing as, like, this is going to make or break us, that's going to be really difficult. And unless it's unless you see a very clear path forward that makes it worth it for you. Yeah. And oftentimes these types of bosses are not going to be the people who are going to help you get promoted no, they're not. or to the next level. They're threatened by you already. Yeah. So just if, get out of the situation. Just get out of the situation. <laughs> like, and I know it's easier said than done. It's yeah. not everybody financially isn't in a position to quit their job. Like totally get that. But my biggest lesson from that was if that ever happens to me again, I'm going to figure out a way yeah. to get out as fast as possible. Well, it comes back around to really knowing yourself, right? Yeah. Like know if you're in a situation like that, evaluate it for yourself because if you'll you're likely to get an incredibly frustrated, mm-hmm. you know, if you stay in that situation for too long and then you're probably going to say or do something that like would That's not good be good. So, it's not going to bring out the best in you. No, it's not means. it wouldn't bring out the best in anybody. Mm-hmm. Like if your buttons are being pushed every single day or if somebody's just like stomping all over you and putting you down every day or is taking credit for your work, and, you know, yeah. like, it's just not going to be a good situation. So definitely, I think our clear advice <laughs> is get out of the situation as fast as possible. Honestly, life is too short to be working for somebody who makes you miserable. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I can't think of too many instances where it would be worth it to stay in a situation like that for yourself. No. In the long run. Like, no. there are plenty of other great people who you could work for that would nurture you and you're missing out on working for those people the longer you stay working for this person. Yeah, and listen, that person, I mean, I'm a full karma believer, that person will probably get his or hers whenever and what if you're there when they do? (laughs) Like, that will also suck too. (laughs) I think that's actually a really good point. It's like the industry isn't that big. Yeah. Um, everybody eventually kind of comes back around and works together again at some point, especially in New York where we're based. It's yeah. smaller than LA, <clears throat> but even in LA, it's, it's pretty. Oh yeah. Well, I think it was, about, we've talked about this a lot with our guests, like networking and all of that. Everybody will hear everything. I mean, I definitely will say, you know, it's been proven to me in different ways over time. It's like when you're working for a specific place or with a specific person or whatever, you'll start to notice like. Some people might get back to you quicker or, oh my gosh, the podcast. Mm. Um, I'm such a nerd. Uh, Some people might get back to you, you know, quicker or want to have a different type of a conversation depending on who you're like associated with, depending Mm. on who the recommendation came from. And I think it's, 
I've started to learn that more and more um, when you might think, oh, I'm at this place that's supposed to be, or I'm working with this person that's supposed to be like super valued and whatever. And you'll start to, if you pay attention, you'll start to figure out like how that dynamic works outside of the sphere that they've created that makes you think you're supposed to like get everything. Well, and I think just adding to that point, I think another weird thing about this industry and I'm sure it exists in other industries as well but especially in TV it's like the there's an older school like structure that already exists of people who have come up in this industry and have been treated terribly mm-hmm. and then when they get yep. into positions of power treat people under them terribly and I'm not going to name names but there are some very very famous people who who do this and yep. I think the longer we allow these people to treat us this way or treat others yeah, this way the cycle continues they yep. came out of a cycle and this yep. is now where they're acting so I think it's also like I do feel I do feel like it's changing I do feel like it it's is changing. changing I will say like I agree and I think the more we can all like yeah. just say no this is not okay mm-hmm. and walk away from those types of situations and become successful in like a more positive way yeah the more it will change yeah. and the less tolerance there will be for like abusive bosses yeah um yep. so I think I'm hopeful that it's changing in that way but I think it starts with all of us Yes. Saying, no, this behavior is not okay. And it also goes to your colleague dynamic, too. I think mm-hmm. we're, t- we're talking a lot about, you know, the power position, but also, like, you certainly are going to be working around a lot of different people who are also trying to get ahead, who may have different ways of working that just might be the wrong way in the sense of, like, putting other people down, trying to take credit for other people's work. You know, don't stand for it. You know what I mean? Like, don't. Because they will just continue to walk all over you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, there's ways in which to be, um, you know, thoughtful and professional about those types of situations. Um, and then just try not to work with those people if you can. Yeah. I mean, again, they'll crash and burn on their own. Like, <laughs> But I think, what, like, exactly what you just said, if you are in a situation where you're having a difficult time with a colleague who's undercutting you or who, yep. who's being mean to you or whatever it is... Exactly what Liz just said. You have to find a way to be as professional as possible yeah. about talking to them and as adult and mature as possible, yeah. which is difficult. But I think it's that thing of like, hold yourself to a higher standard. Yep. And, you know, if they don't respond well and they respond in the way they've been acting, you can't control that. That's also, not on you. But yeah. And also, like at bigger companies, HR is there for a reason not to, you know, not to yeah. be like, go tell, like, it's not about like tattling. It's not about like whatever. Go seek advice from human resources is if you have to or your boss or your boss if you feel comfortable and and don't be afraid to speak up I think it's just the bottom line especially for women I feel like you know we we have to make sure our voices and feelings and thoughts are heard more and we we are no longer like 10 years back when there was one spot open and all the women had to be competitive to get it like that doesn't that's not really the case as much anymore we don't need to be competitive but I feel like remnants of that still Mm -hmm. exist in our minds in some ways and I think you know there's there's ways to solve these things without pulling each other down for sure yeah lift each other up if anything like that's the that's I don't know. That's the school that I've always subscribed to, and I hope like others will because you know it's too much energy out of your day to be like. There's enough to focus. I on. mean, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> all, um, right. all right. On that note, hopefully that was helpful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. I think it's pretty. It's pretty, we're all in this together. That's the bottom line, you know. Definitely. And, and just. Have a good work environment. It's a long day as it is. Enjoy yourself if you can. <laughs> Put on some fun music. Yeah. You know, like take a, well, it, it goes into if take nobody, a break. <laughs> if nobody else is doing it, you can be the ringleader to be like, guys, we don't, it's not that serious. Yeah. Let's just have some fun. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Shoop up, what up, we up, what up, what up, we up, what 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 up, what
We're back, and we took a break, but now we're going to talk about how you can give yourself yeah. a break. Oh, that was a good... Thank you. That was a good transition. Thank you. I thought about that while I sipped my coffee. Um, no, we feel like uh, we got a couple questions about just, like, how do you decompress from this kind of crazy business, or if you're creatively stifled a little bit, how do you give yourself a break and come back to the creative energy that mm-hmm. you need to to fulfill your job. Yeah. Um, and also, like, you know, I feel like oftentimes jobs in TV or any other parts of the industry, you're doing it because you're passionate about it, and, like, you have a creative drive yeah. for it, and it can be tough to, like, emotionally and intellectually extricate yourself from Oh, yeah, I have, like, a that, really... You know, like... Yeah, because, I'm not good at it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how many times have all of us woken up at, like, 4 a.m. thinking about the idea we had at work? Every and day. <laughs> so, I think it's it's an even deeper layer of how do, you, how do you give yourself those breaks, and how do you not beat yourself up for waking up at 4 a.m. with the idea? Like, I think that's totally. okay, as long as you're giving yourself very specific time to decompress and, like, yeah. separate from it, and... I will just admit I am not very good at this, so... um, So what do you do to try to... um, I'm, like, I'm very bad at it. What are your efforts, Um, like... Well, I really, I do enjoy, like, working out when I can, but I'm very bad about my schedule and making sure that I, like, leave work at a time. You know, everybody around me, like, books the class and make sure that they, like, go and do the class, and then I'm like, well, I could book the class, but then I could cancel it 15 minutes before... It's a whole mental game. It's oh my bad. God. I know. So now I'm like trying to do it in the morning and just like do a half hour. But it's cold. Well, it's winter good. in New York. I like. I, I do like, like working out though. You are good at getting up early to do things. I know myself well enough to know I'm not going to do any. Like I've tried and it never works and it never happens. Then I always feel guilty that I didn't accomplish something mm. like working out in the morning. But I, I just know I can't do it. You like so your sleep. That's okay. I like my I think it's great. Like, yeah. I get a lot of sleep, and I feel pretty <laughs> good about it, and, like, that's been a big deal to just be like, I'm never going to beat myself up for this because yeah. it's adding stress to your life. It doesn't need to be there. So yeah. I think it's either, like, for Liz, going to the gym is a really good break and decompression. For it me, really sleeping to a time where I wake up and I feel good, I hate that feeling of waking up and being like, oh, like, my body's not ready. Yeah. So I sleep to a time when my body feels ready to get up, and, like, thankfully I can do that, and that really helps. Yeah. So, but I think it's just identifying the thing that makes you feel good. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm blasting music, like, whether I'm at the gym or, like, and I have to get back into my routine of when I'm in the shower, like, I usually put on music or I put on, like, a morning show. I mean, yeah. Elvis Duran, shout out, C100. <laughs> um, throwback to Marissa's like, episode. Oh, yeah, throwback to Marissa's episode and throwback to, like, high school. But, um... Just, like, giving my mind... Because I feel like my mind is always churning. Mm. And so, like, giving my mind something to listen to that will just, like, keep me from churning. Um, does it shut else. it off or does it just distract you, like, It just enough? distracts me enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say it shuts it off. Yeah. But it distracts me enough to just be like, oh, okay, I'm going to sing that, like, stupid song or... I think another know. thing, and maybe this is really obvious... But thinking about it, it's really helpful getting yourself out of your normal routine, whether it's just, like, grabbing a drink with somebody you haven't seen in a long time in a new bar or, like, just just doing something to shake up your everyday routine and, like, give yourself exposure to a little bit of, like, somebody different Mm. or some place different, I think, is always good. Um, I also like cooking because cooking, like, you really can't. You can't be doing anything else besides cooking. You have to concentrate on what you're making and not burning it and the ingredients and the chopping and the thing. So I I do like to try and do that if I get home at a decent time and not 9 p.m. I do think it requires also, like, some serious thoughtfulness. I think... I know everybody's big on meditation. I'm very Oh no, I not can't meditate. But no, I mean I mean thoughtfulness in the sense of knowing yourself well enough to know what's going to make you feel good mm-hmm. and letting the rest of it go. Yeah. Like like my sleep thing, for example. Like I let go the idea of any guilt around like I'm not a morning person, you know? Like <laughs> because I think for a long time I was like, fuck, like I should be getting up early, like I should be doing all these things. And anytime you put should in front of something, yeah. I think that's a bad sign. So I think it's just True. sitting down and maybe like 
Here's an assignment for everybody. Sit down and write the three things that actually make you feel good mm. and, like, rejuvenated. And prioritize those and let everything else go. Like, yeah. you only have so much time in your day to make yourself, like, totally. feel good. I mean, I think it's difficult if you're in a job, like, production, for example, yeah, where you're where working. where you don't get off until, like... Like whatever time in the morning, or you're hours. working until the morning and then you're sleeping during the day, or, yeah. So, like for re- that... I mean, yeah, those people probably, I don't know, they must do something, like, to and from work to, like, try to come... Yeah, I don't know if you're able to... Like, I think the person who maybe asked us this question might have been in production, and I think that if you're if you know you're working like a 12 to 14 hour day you have to be like what at what point in the middle of the day can I take a break Mm -hmm. and there is always time to take a break it's up to you to make it and give yourself that permission but I'm making I'm nodding a lot right now and I think the other thing is if you're the type of person who really needs like downtime and you need like rejuvenation time maybe you shouldn't work in production like find a different job in the industry there are a lot of them as I think our podcast hopefully is making clear like there's so many different ways to go I think that's another big existential question of what is really important to me for like my lifestyle Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well yeah I mean like what I was a stage manager and I was doing um you know I was working in theater and you work in theater and you like you don't get holidays off you don't get any I was like this is not I mean I loved it and it was wonderful but I was just like lifestyle wise okay what's another you know, using all of that, but, like, what's another way to do that? Um, because, yeah, it was just, yeah, I, I need holidays off. <laughs> great and totally fine. And other people are predisposed to just being, like, I'm so passionate about this and I want my whole life to be this. And yeah. it's great for them, but you have permission to have any yeah, type decide. of lifestyle you want. Totally. I mean, I think for me, working at a network that is it really allows me to have, a, like, a real schedule for mm-hmm. myself. You know, I can have a life after work, and I can have weekends, and, of course, I have to travel when we're in production on something, but those are very specific, like, pockets of a couple of days, right. and it's not all of the time. Um, and that's been very purposeful for me. Like, I like being able to go to the office during the day and then have time at night. Yeah. and have my life. Um, we haven't talked enough about drinking with friends. No. <laughs> totally. Uh, drinking with friends and, or family or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd say I like to watch just like something that's going to make me like smile or laugh. And for me that equals a lot of like rom-com type things because I don't have to think. I don't have to have to do anything I'm just like I'm just in a whole other little fantasy land where I'm smiling I'm laughing and it's great so I usually try and do that before I go to bed to just be like for me I have to watch something funny and my boyfriend would disagree because I do often check Instagram and social media for my (laughs) clients but I also try to watch something silly but you're doing both and like that's great that's fine yeah I think I think I watched the uh the most recent Bridget Jones baby and I was cracking up to myself and that was great just because it was so like ridiculous and silly and you know whatever anyway all you rom-com lovers out there I'm, I feel yeah, you. I, I like a rom-com I also I think for me my my big decompression is either gonna be like a half hour smart comedy like mm-hmm. um like That's I'll re I'll rewatch Happy Endings to no end. I love watching Veep. like the British Office. I the love British Veep. Office. Like I have my go tos that I can just watch at any moment and be like, I know what I'm gonna get and I know how it's gonna make me feel. And yeah, like, that's good. Um, and then the other way for me to decompress is watching like a really intense drama like the OA or, or a Legion. Legion. Oh. So good right now. I'm so obsessed. Did you watch the most recent episode? Okay, we're talking about that later. No spoilers, Um, but Legion FX. So good. If you're not watching it, you have a problem. Go watch it right now. Go watch it right now. So it's either like make me feel good, make me laugh, stimulate my brain in a different way, or give me like a mystery or a puzzle to figure out. So for me, it's like weirdly, I think decompressing involves turning my brain to a different like subject matter. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm, with, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I can go either way. Um, or drinking wine. 
wine is really that's like the a basic <laughs> basic way to help the decompress. The um or yeah i like doing yoga i like like sometimes yoga moving my body yoga with adrian shout out if yeah, you oh for you all too. of you ladies and gentlemen who yeah gentlemen should try it too don't have time to go to the gym but want to do something that feels really good for yourself at home i'm giving a shout out to yoga with adrian her youtube channel it's free and it's Great. And I'm giving a shout out to the Tone It Up girls who I just did this morning and it's been a while, but I still love them. They're yeah. great. They're super ways. quick. YouTube, 20 minutes. You feel like you worked out. Yes. You feel like you moved your body in a different way. And you didn't have to leave the house. Like there are ways to fit things in and and just to give yourself a pat on the back for like, I just did 20 minutes of something that made me feel good. That's like and you a weren't great on amount your, of decompression. And you weren't on your phone and you weren't, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think I feel like we... Oh, did we talk about inspiration when we're stuck creatively? No. Um, that's a good question. What do you do? I think you got to shake it up, right? Like, digging in and doing more is not going to inspire you. I think... I mean, this is like every article you'll read is like, get up and take a walk. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. You know? Or go talk to like... Go talk to colleagues that's or really good friends advice. or, yeah. you know, oftentimes, honestly, when I'm stuck with something, I talk to you or mm-hmm. I talk to like... Laura or Juliana are close friends. And I find I, another my perspective and really, like, really helps me when I'm stuck, actually. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, taking a walk is great, but I think getting out of your own head and fi- totally. like hearing somebody else's perspective on it is actually very helpful. So I agree. I think that's that's a good way yeah, to do and, it. Yeah, or I'll like, oftentimes I'll write, I'll just write a bunch of thoughts down and start to like try and make some new bullet points that I didn't think about and then maybe I'll go into like a dark hole on the internet of just like reading things or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. But I think definitely ta- bouncing things off other people is the best way because they're they're always going to ask you a question that's going to lead you to be like oh okay cool like maybe I'm having a little bit of a light bulb moment Mm -hmm. I should go look at this Mm -hmm. instead of I think if you if you stay on the internet or you like keep reading you're just going to keep being in your own head with your own thoughts over and over and I think Mm -hmm. the best way to like shake you out of that is to talk to somebody yeah yeah all right, consensus. Okay. Don't rely on. Don't be. Don't be nervous that somebody's gonna like take your idea or whatever. Just like go talk to trusted people and yeah. get some feedback. Um. All right. Break time. Break time. Shoot up a dweeb, a dweeb up down. Shoot up a dweeb, up dweeb up wow. Boop why up we died out. We're back. We are back. Um, so now you're one, more sing-songy than I am. I know. <laughs> so this one is, um, we didn't get questions about this, but we felt like we ask all of our guests this question, so it's only fair. Only if, fair. If we answer it too. So we're going to share um, some celebrity stories with you guys. Celeb stories. You lucky ducks. Um, Liz, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, well, I can talk about how, uh, when I was in college, shout out Emerson again, um, we did, um, this amazing event at the Majestic Theater that was like live readings of Howard Zinn's The People's History of the United States book. Um, which I'm sure most of you know what that is, but if you don't read it, it's It's awesome. a really good book. Um... And so we had a bunch of celebrities who were coming to participate, big, you know, Howard Zinn fans and um, all of that. And a a couple of them were Viggo Mortensen, which was pretty amazing. Um, But I was sort of the... So my role was... Oh my God, God, Eastern Promises. One of my favorite Um, movies. So my role was, because I was still, you know, in college or whatever, um, being a part of the stage management team was sort of like the stage manager talent wrangler, um, which is like a really fun (laughs) job. I was totally pumped about it. I remember at the time it was like blowing our minds I know we I was like to wrangle talent oh yeah well and you know bigger name celebrities and all that stuff and um so Vigo um liked to um make me work for it because he <laughs> was always hiding uh <laughs> smoking cigarettes um so I was kind of chasing him through like our back alley and all of that he was very lovely but he just needed a cigarette so what did he cool. do when you found him was he like oh of course sorry 
he was sort of just like, I'm coming. Like, he was he was very like, I'm doing me. I will be there. I'm obviously... This is an Emerson this is, reading. This is, like, also me just being, like, ridiculously like, oh, my God, I kind of know where you are, da, 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 you Full know, whatever. A little, a little bit, mode. like, yeah. a little maybe anal retentive. Um, and, of course, uh, higher caliber actors, you know, they're going to deliver for you. But I was in my zone. So, anyway, he, he, yeah, he kept, like, hiding in different places, and that was just funny because I'd be like Vigo I just had you two seconds ago and then he was like gone a master of illusion (laughs) I'd say um uh, and then Josh Brolin was also there and he was just like fun and very charming very very charming and Marissa Tomei was there no way I didn't remember she was lovely um um very like into it very into the material um she was great and I'm trying to think. Oh, it's David Strathairn, who um, my parents absolutely love. He was so sweet. And what is if he you don't, from? Yeah, if you don't know him, he's from Good Night and Good Luck. He was in the, the Bourne movies. Um, go on IMDb, you'll definitely recognize him. But he was so sweet. I, when I told him, I don't often, you know, like approach any celebrities to be like can you sign something yeah but i knew my parents would freak out so at shout out the, kathy and don shout out kathy and don they also love to tell the story so you can get their perspective at some point um when it was the end of the day i just was like would you mind you know whatever and he was so sweet and i think my parents still have the um like napkin that he signed and Aww. said like your daughter was lovely and it was ve- he was very That's very very, sweet. very nice uh I'm trying to think who else. Danny Glover was there. He was a little space cadetty, um, but very nice. Mm-hmm. And I think those were the major celebs. It was it was a really cool experience, though. They were all very um, engaged with the event, um, and so and humble and nice and professional. And so. how old were you at this? Year? Oh gosh, I think it was nineteen twenty, nineteen twenty, something yeah. like that. Um, but I had also done. The public theater, so and I'd worked with some. Oh yeah, if you guys don't know, Liz Liz spent some time at the public theater. Yeah, it was awesome in New York York, in Central Park, where you literally do theater in Central Park, and you can't like touch the the nature. You can't touch the nature. You have to make cages around the like turtles laying eggs and stuff. And I mean, I didn't have to do that, but like that's part of the thing. You can't touch any of them. And if like a possum runs on stage during the performance, you can't do anything about it. Um, But this is like the big performance in Central Park every summer that everybody waits in line for like overnight. Like it was a a big deal. I feel like you got me tickets. Oh yeah. 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 Um, Which was like a huge deal because normally you have to wait forever to get yeah it was tickets. before I mean now there's like a lottery that you can enter online I mean you could still stand in in the physical line but now you can enter a lottery every day and um uh but yeah I got to work with like Meryl Streep when she was um a mother courage and she was amazing but very focused it was a very intense um piece of work so didn't really like hang with Meryl or anything <laughs> like that, but she was amazing. Uh, and then, yeah, I think I'm, I feel like I am telling a lot of love stories. Um, love it. What about you? <laughs> um, well, for me, it's kind of funny. I my very first job out of college, like real first job, was um, working at a celebrity-owned production company. I worked at a production company called Apostle, and um, Dennis Leary owns it. Um, Emerson alum. Emerson alum. (laughs) Um, And I I was so lucky. My first job was just incredible. I was there for three years, and I love all those guys, if you're listening. Love love those guys. guys. Um, But yeah, so it was sort of interesting working at a company that was owned by, like, celebrity um and Dennis is awesome and so so nice so nice um you know I think people asked me sometimes sort of like what's it like working for him because I think his persona can be a little gruff but like could not be nicer yeah um but it was really cool every year we did um Dennis is very involved with um his firefighter 
charity, the Larry Foundation, and every year we would go um, do Comics Come Home, which benefited the Cam Neely Foundation, so like very involved with charity and doing good in the world, which is awesome. But um, Comics Come Home ended up being a big, it was my first huge event that I was working. I was essentially a production assistant, Mm -hmm. and I was just there to make sure everything ran smoothly and kind of help whoever needed help, but I was also there as a talent wrangler of sorts. Look at us! Um, And (laughs) Comics Come Home, you know, Dennis headlines it, but uh, there are many other really famous, really amazing comics that perform every year at it, so each year of the three years that I was there, it was a different group of Mm -hmm. very famous to, like, moderately famous comedians and my job was to make sure they got on stage like very similar to you making <laughs> yeah. sure that exactly Vigo they have to, to be on stage. where they are where they need to be so, don't miss their mark all yeah the, and know. it happens very quickly because the comics only have so much time on stage before the next one has to be up there so you know theoretically it should have been easy because everybody's supposed to just be in their dressing room and kind of wait there until it's their time but inevitably you have comics who want to like go watch other comics yeah, perform totally. or want to go grab a cigarette or like yeah. a soda or a beer before they perform so it was a ton of just running after whichever yep. comic was about to be up next like we had Jim Gaffigan one year and um, I think I've heard of him yeah Yeah. um and you know uh we had Sarah Silverman one year I'm pretty sure and yeah we just had like a a lot of different personalities to wrangle and I have to say end of the day everybody was for the most part very professional and like ultimately got on stage when they needed to be on stage but again when you're like 21 Mm. and you're You've never really been around like major celebrity talent before. You're high strung. You're like, totally. I, the, and the world will end if I don't make sure Jim Gaffigan gets to the stage on time. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, it was super fun. And Liz even got to come with me. It was so much fun. And like, um, yeah, we just had a blast. Working in comedy is really, really fun. And being around that world is always just like, so fun yeah you know yeah um so yeah I think my big celebrity story is like working for a celebrity production company yeah. kind of what happens when you do inevitably yeah. you're going to run into more celebrities yep celebrities are friends with celebrities yep and they're just like friends you yeah. know it's not like but um yeah I know I'm trying to think of anything else I mean the like some of my earlier years before I was like working professionally you know just interning or yeah um, through school and stuff really did set set some fun celebrity tones what other celeb stories are there well so before my other celebrity story before I got to Apostle mm. with Dennis um I spent my senior year interning mm-hmm and um, my first internship for the first half of the year I was working for the Colbert Report with Stephen Colbert. Uh, you might have heard of him. Um, and yeah, that was also amazing heard of him. and so much fun. And he is also one of the nicest people you will ever meet. I remember him hanging out in the um, intern pit, as we called it, which mm. is just sort of like a circle of chairs mm. um, <laughs> and computers, and you sat wherever. Uh, but I remember him coming down to the pit and just kind of like hanging out and asking us what music we were listening to while we were working and yep. just like being very friendly. So that was my first half of senior year, which was an amazing experience and really fun. Um, But my second uh, internship, which was the second half of my senior year, so very close to graduation, was um, working at The Daily Show with Mm. Jon Stewart. And, you know, Colbert, Jon Stewart, it was, we were like a block away, so it worked out really well that I got to do both. Um, But I remember my last month interning at The Daily Show, I had found out that I had gotten the job at Apostle, like, a month before graduation, a month before this internship was wrapping up. It all happened really, really quick. Amazing. And I remember being in the kitchen and I, at The Daily Show, and I, I was just, like, getting some coffee or something, and Jon Stewart walks into the kitchen. And it wasn't like he was inaccessible. We all were working in the same office space, but it was Jon Stewart. Yeah. Like, Seeing yeah. him multiple times real. a week still real. didn't make me feel any less like, oh my god, this is John Stewart. Yeah. Um, but he was super friendly in the kitchen to me that day and was just like, how like, 
how has your internship been? You know, how's your week going? What are you working on? Um, and we chatted for a little bit, and then he was like, oh, are you a senior? Are you graduating? Do you know what you're doing next? And I was like, actually, I just found out that I'm going to work for um, Apostle as an assistant to um, the president and Dennis's um, co-partner, Jim Serpico. And because it's New York and because everybody knows each other, <laughs> John knew exactly where I was going to work. He yeah. knows Dennis from way, way back. Um, and he knew Jim. And he was like, you know, those are great guys. Like, you're going to have such a good time working there. Good luck. Could not have been nicer. And I was Aww. obviously just, like, freaking out. Good and, energy. Like, so excited. Um, and so, you know, a couple... A month passes, I start working at Apostle, and, um, you know, I've probably been there a week or two, and brand new job, and kind mm-hmm. of figuring, figuring it all out, and I'm working late one night, because at a brand new job, you mm-hmm. usually are working late to mm-hmm. kind of catch up, mm-hmm. and um, unbeknownst to me, Dennis was going on The Daily Show that night, and I get a call at 7.30 or 8.00. And it goes to my colleague for some reason, like the phones had done something weird. And she picks up the phone and she puts it on, she answers it and asks who it is and then, you know, puts it on hold. And then she calls out to me and she's like, I have your old boss, John, (laughs) on the phone. (laughs) And this is like, my brain did not compute. Of I was course. like, I don't have an old boss. This is my also, first it's like job. Also, John is the most like generic name yeah. possible. So it took me a minute, and then it flashed in my brain, like, could this possibly be John Stewart? And then I was like, somebody's like pray- playing a prank on me, obviously. <laughs> like, my new coworker, Sawyer, is pranking me I was going right to say now. Sawyer. Shout out, Sawyer. But, um, <laughs> so I pick it up fully expecting it to be Sawyer pranking me. And so I pick up the phone, and I'm like, hello. <laughs> oh. And... I've heard that Madeline little <laughs> I'm like, hello yeah, before. right. And um, no, sure enough, he answers and he's like, "Hi, Madeline, it's your old boss, John." And oh my, my brain, God. like, I think glitched and froze, and then I realized I know that voice from my TV. It's really John Stewart. And <laughs> I, um, I was like, "Oh, hello, like, how are you?" Yeah. Um, have no idea why you're calling me, and um. He he was just like you know uh, your your current boss Dennis is on the show tonight and we had a, a minute before he went on and you know I let him know that you did a great oh. job for us and um, he's lucky to have you and to treat you right and oh my God um, you know Dennis I guess it was just like we know like she's great uh, something like that um, and John was just calling to let me know that conversation had happened and the that best. he wished me a lot of luck and if I needed anything to like call him, which I was like, yeah, right, but thank you. <laughs> um, and I and, mean, listen. And that was that. And it was still to this day is obviously like one of the highlights of my life, like was the coolest, nicest thing. And it was also just on a macro level, like two people who don't have to do things like that for people they barely know and and also like memory like just like remembering and yeah it had been a couple it was just crazy that he remembered our conversation in the kitchen me saying I was going to work for Apostle and then to bring it up to Dennis was very cool Um, I love that so that was yeah a very um, positive pretty, pretty big fucking deal yeah it was a cool thing and I will treasure that always basically yeah as you should that actually just um reminded me of how when i was working at wme um i was working in theater to to begin and i got to work for one of the most prolific agents um he was like in his 90s his name is biv Liff, and he unfortunately has passed away but lived a long beautiful life he was the stage manager on like the original production of my fair lady like oh my all of my like theater nerd dreams like coming true and he happened to also represent julie andrews and angela lansbury again like <laughs> most all iconic. of my like like the most iconic women um and like all the movies i watched with my grandmother and everything and so i just remember you know being his assistant for a little while and fielding phone calls and um you know, picking up the phone and, and 
it just being like Angela Lansbury on the other end or Julie Andrews on the other end and me just having that moment of like a, a brain glitch of like because also two of the most professional wonderful nice Ugh. like loving I mean they're like love and wonderfulness just like exudes through the phone That's and you're just crazy. like I am in your presence on the other line we <laughs> <laughs> uh, were on the other side of the phone that was pretty cool. And just, like, they would call consistently and then remember my name and, you know, oh, be very, just, like, oh be very God. nice. I mean, we never met, I never met them. Oh, I, did I meet Angela in person? Maybe, like, very briefly. But I never met, had, like, a real in-person interaction. But uh, just over the phone was, like, enough. I, I think I remember, like, I was chatting with Kiara or something and we were both, like, freaking out. <laughs> I think that's a good, that's a well, good amount nice of, celeb- there's we, lots more, but yeah. that's a we're good sharing, enough for now. I think we're, we're sharing the big ones and thankfully a lot of them are just like really nice and really positive and, um. I really can't, I mean, maybe I just block out anything that's negative, but I really don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> you don't talk about it, it's not real, my list is that, that definitely is a consistent tagline. No, but I, I, I don't really, really think remember we've like had some, negative. I know we've been very positive. listen. We've been very lucky uh, to have pretty positive. Well, yeah. lucky overall, but lucky to have pretty positive um, experiences or just like really short, nice interactions that like you know were fleeting, but we're, great. Yeah, totally and fleeting and, and totally professional, and like that's all you could really ask for. Okay, cool. Um, that's our celeb stories from yeah. Liz and Madeline. More to come maybe in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Thanks, guys. Hello, we're back. We're back. With our final little segment of this bonus ep. Oh, Just yeah. me bonus. and Liz. I know. Just, just the two just of us. us. Um, just the two of us. <laughs> we can make it if we try. I'm just going to let you sing. No. Yes. Please, God, no. Um, Juliana, right. pull your ears. Um, <laughs> I know. Shout out Juliana for all this music that's been so amazing the whole season. We've had a lot of people give us positive feedback yeah. about it. And we're like, it's just our friend who can sing really, really well. Um, so good. So, All right, career advice. Yeah, we're going to end this with what we always ask our guests. Um, we ask them what is the best piece of advice they've ever received or that they'd like to share with you guys. So we're going we're gonna to do that too. I'll start. <laughs> Reluctantly. Um, so I, this is mad, I have a piece of advice that was given to me semi-recently. And it just sort of stuck with me. Maybe it's just... The time in my career, it feels right. I don't know if it would have stuck with me as much when I was younger, but Mm. right now it feels really empowering. And it's that it's better to ask forgiveness than permission. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. really struck me in a way when I was given that piece of advice that just sort of gave me permission to... Permission, huh? To... um, To do what I want. If I really believe in something and I really feel strongly about a direction or an idea or a way to execute on something, it's better to not second guess yourself and hesitate and just go for it. And if it ends up being a mistake, then you'll learn something. Second guessing is such a killer. But second guessing can (laughs) like leave you frozen. And I think it's just a, a little bit of a way to remind yourself you don't need to stay in that like frozen zone. You can you can always break yourself out. So totally, I think that that was really empowering yeah. advice. And I feel like off of that, I don't know that I would say it was like directly advice from one person or another. But I will say, you know, at my company we had our retreat at, at the end of last year, and there was some real valuable stuff that I took from it, just in talking big picture and. Um, Going along with sort of don't ask for permission, I'm, I've been trying to take more of that attitude of, like, if I don't know someone, I'm just going to reach out to them. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, instead of, like, this, and also I'm going to do it via phone instead of just doing it via email and yeah. just doing those emails that are, like, follow up, follow up, follow up, you know, and then never getting, like, just bringing the humanity, I guess, a little bit back into it and just bringing the don't second guess yourself and just start to build... Just build organically as best you can, but build from a place of like, 
they should be talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Totally. Um, and I think we all, like, you get nervous or you get busy or you're like, oh, well, eventually we'll connect or somebody yeah. will know somebody and then they'll introduce me. And it's just like. Don't wait on that. Just don't just wait. Do it I guess I guess it's just a matter of don't wait. Like, don't second guess and don't wait. You know what another one is that you just reminded me of is. The older I get, the more I think this is right. If you don't know something, say you don't know it and ask. Yes. Like, I feel like for not a long time, but definitely in different times in my career, I was like, I'm going to look stupid if I if I don't know this thing, so I'm not going to ask. I'm just going to pretend like I know what they're talking about. And that's never served me well, and it's always felt sort of, like, weird and gross in a way. And I think it's just, like... I think people respect if you're like, actually, I don't know who that is or what yeah. that is. Can you, or, or you, what is that? Or Can you, you like me? maybe do, I mean, or you maybe do some research before you like ask a question, but you kind of come armed to say, you know, I don't really know the answer to this, but I, I did a little recon. Can mm-hmm. you, can you help fill in the gaps for me? Or is this the right way sure. to handle something or whatever? I mean, I, yeah, I completely agree, and we, I think, forget which episode we were talking about, but uh, talking about it in more thoroughly about just, um, it can get you into trouble if you just pretend like you know something, and then of everyone will assume that you know that thing, and then they'll just go tell you to go do it, and then you're like, shit out of luck, yeah. <laughs> you know? Because yeah. I look at it as being worse to backtrack after the fact and be like, so, by the way, I know I said I knew how to do mm-hmm. that, but here's the, we're, like, there, we're in the moment when everybody's already stressed out. And it, I think in the, like, it makes you feel like you're not enough in a way, and it's, like, you're totally enough, and just because you don't know one thing, like, you don't know who one person is or what one thing is yeah. or how to do something, yeah. doesn't mean you're any less of an employee or less of a person, it's just something you haven't learned yet it's yeah. like as simple as that but I think we all sometimes get a little bit like oh I should already know this and it's gonna make me look bad if I don't and I just don't think that's true yeah it just made me think of that like line I feel like everyone uses in the industry the fake it till you make it line and it's like sure there is a level of that that is sort of just like an attitude that yes. you should have it's more an attitude that is is a confident attitude and a yeah a, a confident attitude but that doesn't mean you shouldn't like gain knowledge <laughs> and the know. worst feeling is going into something as you were describing uh, going into a situation where you're, oh God, you know worst. you don't know how to do something and yeah. you've said you do like yeah. it just save yourself the stress it's not yeah you'll it. just be freaking out <laughs> and giving yourself an anxiety attack i think it's just making choices <laughs> that will um add to your comfort level not increase your stress level yeah and then again like surround yourself with trusted people and people who will like actually you'll ask the question they'll give you the, you have a bad boss don't go to the bad boss go to somebody else totally yeah oh to bad boss i think your next piece of advice was uh what <laughs> <laughs> so this is just i think general as a human being but uh i think it applies in the industry and we talked about this a little bit earlier but my second piece of advice is just don't be a dick like yeah just, no, but really just don't be a dick don't just be that goes for women human. too yeah don't, it goes for don't everybody be, don't be an asshole you know i think again sort of what we were talking about earlier we have the opportunity to shape the industry in a better more positive way than it's been in the past and it starts with you and just you know <laughs> sounds like a conducting, PSA. <laughs> conducting yourself as a normal nice human yeah um or not even normal be a weirdo but like just be nice just um yeah. treat people with Kindness is kindness. basically... Kindness is good. You know, I think we're in, a, we're in an industry where people can be really cutthroat, and I think the more of us that choose not to do that and choose to be more supportive... I just want the cutthroat people to really, like, evaluate. Like, did did you really get ahead that much for being that much of a dick? Like, I, I doubt it. I highly doubt it. Yeah. I can't feel very good. Whatever. Anyway. Um, those are my, my two. It's better to I'm taking a big sigh permission. for all the dicks out there. Yeah, Just yeah. a big old... <sighs> Huge sigh. Anyway. Those are anyway, my two. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about this. Like, for me, I have lots of different pieces of advice that have come at all different times. Share but... your wisdom, Liz. Oh, God. 
I just, positive attitude is everything, and tenacity to me is everything, and... You are very tenacious. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just positive attitude. I mean, and, and everything that we're saying. Just approach the work that you do with a good attitude, with a good head on your shoulders. Show that you are, you do the work, and you can be relied upon, and trusted to you know, come to the table ready, come to any conversation, having done your, your homework and having something to contribute. But then of course, Mm -hmm. if there's something that you don't know to really have your questions prepared to ask to, to get more information so you can do your job better. Yeah. I think, and preparation is important and honesty is important. Communication Communication. too. I think sometimes people have such sucky communication in this industry and we could all learn how to like put our cards on the table a little bit more yeah. and just be like, here's what's up and let's like communicate about what we actually have in front of us instead of playing games. Like I understand there's like businessy games that are often played, especially with negotiations on the like business affairs end, but that's not my world. And but I'm I think also like, yeah, you know, we could have a whole other conversation about that, but yeah, communication, nice communi- communication is super key. And and that you have to get good at that. That's a skill you have to hone. Practice. Like it, it's a practice skill. It does not equal you being the best communicator. You know, especially if you're often changing work environments mm-hmm. from different productions to networks to whatever. But hone the skill. Use it. You know, work it. Whatever. I don't know how else to yeah. say it. Communication. That goes, like, across, like, your entire life, you know? I know. I was like, like that's the broadest piece of advice, but it's, like, the most important piece of advice. Like, well, like, like, you just can't, you, you just can't, I mean, it goes back to, like, ask questions. You can't expect, if you yes, say, it does. if you say to someone, I know what to do, you can't expect them to read your mind to then be like, no, 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 they don't actually know what to do. Like, they're not going to be able to do that. Nobody has time for that. Yeah. I have to say, like, on... Specific to where I work right now on the network end, I always really appreciate it when either people internally who work in other departments maybe don't know what we on the creative end do or producers or agents when we're talking about like what we're, what kind of projects we're looking for, whatever it is, I love it when people ask me questions because mm-hmm. A, I feel like they're engaged and interested in what we're doing and B, I feel like they're actually going to come back with something helpful and something like a project you can actually do something with yeah like I think the more questions I get asked the more confident I feel and the more I want to talk to that person I feel like we can have a real communication style and conversation and vice versa I feel like I ask a ton of questions especially internally when I'm meeting with like the production team or the business development team or like Like whatever it is social media team like I don't work in those worlds I don't know what the expectations are. Yeah, so yeah. I ask a ton of questions. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's a good communication tool. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, anywhere you work is going to have, you, you do end, your day-to-day does end up being a little insular to mm-hmm. the group that you are supposed to service or to the clients or to the projects that you're working on. So if you're not constantly kind of building the bridge with anyone else who might not be doing the yeah. same day-to-day, then... You're just going to be, like, you won't be able to, you know, if you have to make your show and you need the social media team to tell you about the social media campaign for the launch of that show, you better know how to, like, talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) I think what we're actually saying, boiling it down a little bit, is stay curious. Mm -hmm. I think if you, as a human, stay curious about what what other people are doing around you. Yeah you're going to, like, inevitably end up communicating with them about it. Yeah, that's actually um, such a good boiling down point because I remember, you know, working at the agency stuff and that was, like, everything. If you, as you're building yourself up in your career, wherever you're working, you want to stay current and curious Mm. and knowledgeable about mediums that are happening that isn't necessarily, like, TV, you know, is... Yeah, it's... That's part of why we started this podcast. I think it was sort of selfish. We were really curious about what other women do in the industry and what their jobs are like. And, you know, hopefully we've asked some good questions for you guys to hear, but... um, Look at that wrap-up that we didn't even know was a wrap-up. But I think (laughs) it's true. We're just... I think we are both people who want to 
We I, well, we like to know everything. We like to have <laughs> we a do. lot of information. So my head that is, helps too. Yeah, it's filled. Yeah, but um, not yet. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so true. We really like to know. We just like to know a lot. We like to yeah. gain a lot of information and be able to use those tools and flex those muscles and hear different. I mean, we're also. I feel like both storyteller is about you know people's different journeys and mm-hmm. lives and like our own situations and it's, it's just so freaking helpful like yeah there's no knowledge is power <laughs> oh my god we've had so many psa moments in this um bonus episode this is what happens um, when you just get us and no guest we just become like and also no super um <laughs> yeah we're drinking iced coffees today guys it's a sunday um, early in the day yeah anyway uh be curious ask questions communicate don't be a dick. <laughs> uh, do just do and ask for forgiveness later. Yep, and uh, have a positive just be awesome. Be yeah. you. Be true to yourself. That's oh, the biggest so, one. It's true. It's so true. Like make yourself happy. Make choices that will make you happy. <laughs> That's the simplest way to put it, and it's easier said than done. Definitely it's hard to make choices that will, you know. I think we get mixed up on what we think is going to make us happy. So it's like asking yourself what's what's really and a- up. surrounding yourself with people that will like also call you out. <laughs> totally, <laughs> definitely, in a loving way. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this is a uh, season one bonus episode, Liz and Mad. And the next time, <laughs> the next time you'll hear from us, we're going to be back with a brand new uh, season, season two, and season totally two. new guests, and we can't wait for you guys to hear it. We'll keep you posted on um, dates for that. In the meantime, uh, we talked about things that we like to just watch over and over, so you should listen to the podcast over and over, <laughs> and you should rate it on iTunes. And review, please. And re- we appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Let me get back to you.